continuing our series on exploring spiritual practices. And it's kind of the, the prelude into Lent is just the idea that we're going to look at various practices and we're just going to try them out and see what we uh, kind of resonate with, what we like. And so today we're talking about the practice of gratitude and praise. What does it mean to actually um, put this into a rhythm and that's not just something we come and maybe we sing a song on Sunday, but that we actually practice gratitude throughout our daily and weekly interactions. Um, and so one of the things we do, even at nights, right, and several of you have been there, the lead team gets together for a little kind of staff meeting before we figure out all assignments and whatnot. But we always start with a practice of gratitude. So before we go into the, you know, it's easy to jump into tasks and doing things. But we just pause and say, hey, where are you finding joy at this week? Tell us something you're grateful for. And it's just a, a moment. We talk about intention and creating space, but, but it slows down all the progress to just kind of come in. And before we do all of that, what are we thankful for? And so before we jump into the sermon, let's actually do that if we're supposed to be practicing spiritual practices, let's practice it. Um, so I want you to think, and we'll, uh, I'll repeat it so people can hear, but what are you this morning grateful for? Just one thing, simply, what are you grateful for? And Steve, I'm gonna start with you because you're over here and I'm just gonna sort of go that way. What's something you're grateful for this morning? I'm grateful for uh, spring on the way and seeing all the flowers coming up in the Yeah. So grateful for spring and starting to see the flowers and just life taking shape. Um, it's been, I just, I've been giddy this week actually. We had such great weather in Portland and for this transformation trip that was in, they got so lucky with good weather. It's just, Portland's beautiful in the spring. So being grateful for that. Sunday and we're going 
specifically great-granddaughter who's having a birthday and being four. Good joy. Uh, I'm just grateful I woke up this morning. <laughs> right? Sometimes we just keep it simple. I'm grateful that I woke up this morning. Yeah, I'm grateful for Ted. And, and grateful for Ted. I kind of felt more like an obligatory add-on. <laughs> so grateful that we woke up this morning and grateful for our spouse. <laughs> Barb? I am truly grateful for my son who comes over willingly and would love to help me with anything I need. Yeah. Just grateful for family support, her son who comes over and helps maintain the house, uh, which is great because you get things done and you get to spend time with your kid, right? That's. Peggy? Grateful for continued healing for for a husband, for sure. Shannon and Taylor, what are you grateful for this morning? Taylor's thankful that the bees are coming out. <laughs> Alright, so thankful that the bees are coming out. And then I'm thankful for time with friends this week. Thankful for time with friends this week, Ted. I'm thankful, number one, for joy. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> This whole system turned on this morning without any stress. Yeah. Thankful for joy and not having stress. Joy, like joy or joy? Good clarifier. And the person joy. I just wanted a clarification there. Scott, what are you thankful for this morning? Thankful for my family, uh, life, and health. Thankful for family, life, and health. I'm thankful for Peggy for always helping Lisa did the math, over 4,000 people who have been able to receive blood through our blood drives um, and, and saving lives. So thank you for Peggy who puts it on because somebody has to organize this stuff um, for sure. Callie, what are you thankful for this morning? I'm thankful for my family and for my work. And for family and for work. Um, I would say, it's just, I'm thankful for transformation. I, um, one of the jokes in the transformation trips is my specialty. If I have a spiritual gift or a superpower, it is making people uncomfortable. Um, and when they're uncomfortable, there's this opportunity to grow into what God might be calling and leading them to. And um, sometimes it's hard. You know, we had some really challenging time, but I just I love being able to be in that space with people and walk through when they're experiencing challenging and to see the growth and transformation in them. And it's just, uh, yeah, amazing. So what are the challenges as we talk about practices and spiritual practices? What do we incorporate into our daily lives and rhythm is even just to stop and service and do that collectively. It takes a little while. And, and I don't know, what, what did we spend on that? Five minutes, maybe? Ish? But... We just get in such a hurry, right? Oh, can we take a moment? Do we start our day off with a practice of gratitude? But we wake up late. I've got to get my coffee before I'm thinking coherently. And then we got to get out the door. And there's, you know, traffic. And, and we just, we, we, it's so easy to get caught up about our day or the things that are there that we miss an intentionality 
of our practices. Um, what's really interesting too is I'm just Googling like spiritual practices of gratitude and whatnot. Um, and if this is something that, oh, this whole idea of gratitude resonates with you, I'd encourage you, like, simple Google search, you're going to find things to do, and, and we can certainly talk, and I can point you in some directions, but um, one of the things that I found interesting as I was doing my study and research is the majority of the experts on gratitude are not Christians. If you look it up, like, best, you know, meditative practices on gratitude, experts, whatnot, you will find New Age philosophers, Hindu, with whatnot, but, but for some reason, the Christian culture and community has almost um, lost its way, maybe, on gratitude. Or we just have decided that so many other things are more important, that that's what we become known for. We're known for what we're against. As the church, we stand against X, Y, and Z. Uh, that becomes kind of what we're known for. Um, known for trying to evangelize someone. Well, I'm great, 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 but do you, will you confess Jesus Christ? You know, can, can we get this, this, this turn? Um, but if you actually do a research on practices of gratitude and whatnot, you actually have to do some digging and mining before you're going to find Christian authors or a Christian spiritual practice on gratitude. And yet, when we look at Scripture, it's all the way through there. The number of times we're told to give thanks, to rejoice, uh, to, to count our blessings, uh, it, it is all, it is rooted, it is so deeply rooted in our faith and in our sacred text that it ought to be something we are known for. That even maybe our family that we're grateful for, our neighbors who are not Christians would go, you know what I know about Norm? He's just such a grateful person. When I talk and interact with him, he's all right? But, but he's always, there's something he's cheerful for. Like even just that simple idea, what if all Christians across the world were just known for being grateful people? And there would be something they're like, I don't know what's going on in me, but I want some of that. Gratitude can change our disposition. One of the interesting things, too, and this is where, you know, keep in mind when, when Scripture was being written, we didn't have necessarily all the sciences that we have now. And, and I still think that God, as he was interacting with humans early on in formation, like... God was aware of the sciences. And so there's little practices that, that you find in Scripture that now you look on and, and the science. And, and just the act of gratitude, literally, if you can actually get to a spot of meditatively thinking about it, it, it changes the chemicals in your brain. It releases um, serotonin and different pieces that it, it's actually used to combat depression and anxiety in medical clinics. And yet, as we say, oh, wow, newfangled science, but all along you find this in Scripture saying, slow down, and yes, there's things and there's challenges, but what are you grateful for? What are you expressing gratitude to, to yes, God, but even to other people? And do you want to bless life? Then, then bless other people. 
You're in the idea of reaping and sowing. And so as we practice gratitude, we actually can change our disposition and how we look at things in life. Um, and I know, <laughs> keep in mind, as I'm lecturing you, <laughs> I'm lecturing me because I tend to, I, I try to practice gratitude and be mindful of it, but I get, and I've worked 27 years in nonprofits, small churches, and I love what we get to do, but I always carry with me this anxiety of sustainability. I guess in this moment, we're able to have this great tea trip and, and get them engaged. And um, as of March 1st, I was able actually, we were able to hire me for the nonprofit piece. But, but and all this is great in March, but what about April? Right, what about May? Like, and I start to look down the road and I'm like, but how can we sustain this? How do we continue to fund this? How do we still get enough socks to be able to distribute? We gotta buy more hot cocoa and we're running out of cups and, and, and my personality and disposition is to move into anxiety about sustainability. Especially carrying that burden as the leader because it's not just like, oh, I need more cups. Like, I'm gonna have volunteers coming up like, hey, Stephen, oh, we're out of cups. What's your answer? And I've gotta be able to like, Think through all of these things, and it's silly as cups, like, but it's not just cups, it's, you know, you everything. Um, and I can get caught up in this where literally that anxiety of sustainability, I feel it in my shoulders as I'm going about my week. And, 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 and I get angsty. Or somebody comes up like, isn't this great? And I don't go, yes, and be able to celebrate it. I, I typically end up in this, like, yeah, but the sky is falling. Right? And, <laughs> but, but as opposed to, like, being able to even slow down and celebrate the joy that we're finding in this moment and what we have because I am not willing to be present in this moment. I am stepping into the future with a but. But what if this happens? But what if that happens? But what if the grant doesn't come through? But what if the funding doesn't hit? But what if, and, and this, this concern almost of the future for me, and I know everyone has different pieces, um, but it doesn't allow me to be fully present in the moment and to be able to rejoice or express gratitude. Um, my daughter deals with some challenges and we're always kind of reminded as she gets worked up on things like, okay, slow down. And even on the phone, she's in Texas, but like, slow down, take a breath. Tell me five things you're grateful for right now. And one of the practices that I've actually seen for myself when I get worked up, I have to go and, and there's this weird accountability thing. I'll actually go to the bathroom and I'll look myself in the eyes and I'll do my, my gratitude practices of just slowing down, saying my five things I'm grateful for. And there's this weird thing when I have to actually look myself in the eye as I'm saying it. I mean, sometimes I do it as I'm driving or on the run, but, but incorporating a mirror into the process of doing these gratitudes has really shifted uh, and been a tool for me to get grounded and in the moment to be present. All right, what am I going to be thankful for? You know, I'm tired today, but I'm actually thankful for that weariness because it means we did such great work this week. Right? 
Like, how do we find this moment of really being rooted? Um, one of the ideas, too, around practices, right? So I do the five practices a lot, and that's something you can just incorporate. Feel yourself get worked up. Pause. What are five things you're grateful for? What are five things that are bringing you joy? Before you start a meeting, what are five What Tell us what you're grateful for. Maybe even family. It doesn't have to be a work team meeting. Like, you have friends come over, like, hey, we're going to have dinner, but before that, what's something you're grateful for? One of the interesting things, too, is uh, sometimes humans can become selfish people. I know this is a shock to people. But if I stop and I go, like, it's not going to be about me, Steve, tell me something you're grateful for. It shifts the focus for me and, and, and in an attempt at least to, like, I'm not the most important person in the universe. Steve, tell me something you're grateful for. Because I, I, I want to I incorporate others and bring it in and, um, and hear those gratitudes. So, those five practices. Um, the idea too, and, and we've talked a little bit about intention quite a bit. Like that's actually a word we use regularly. Um, but in the process of developing what's called micro habits, because a lot of times you go, oh, I want to change the, I want to not be grumpy anymore, and I just want to be happy all the time. Well, that's that's not a micro transition, right? That's a macro transition, maybe, right? A large challenge. So. In order to get to bigger changes, you start with really small changes, micro changes. And, and what they encourage you to do is actually to find a cue. Right, so if I'm gonna have this micro habit, what's a cue in my day? And I was reading one journal um, about this lady and for her, it's her spoon. Every time she picks up her spoon, she stops. Because the spoon is now the cube. It's, it's the thing that triggers the thought, right? There's nothing actually magical about her spoon. But her spoon is, is the trigger. And she gets up in the morning, she's doing her breakfast stuff, right? She gets her granola and yogurt, and she picks up her spoon. And that's her cue for her microhabit. Before she takes her first bite, she just pauses. What am I grateful for today? And then she carries it without. So every time she goes somewhere, she uses a spoon at lunch, the spoon is this trigger. I'm going to pause to be grateful. And not just, oh yeah, yeah, I'm thankful, but to actually slow down, create space for it, and to say the words. How does a daily cue work in? What is something you could actually choose? What is that moment uh, throughout the day? And some people, you know, they, they write out something on their bathroom mirror or uh, every time they get in the car, they have something that kind of hanging from their mirror to kind of be a memory or something. But what can you use just as a cue to remind yourself to be grateful? Um, I tend to be, like, once we get into, like, full work mode with teams and trips and even at night strike, I tend to be a task mode orientated person, um, and I'm the problem solver. Like that's the reality. When things go bad, it doesn't matter who's in charge of the event. Like I'm now promoted, <laughs> and it's so easy to just jump and to slow down and, and so kind of working on that before I just start. Like, like okay. I'm going to be thankful for this opportunity, and I'm going to be thankful that there's potential solutions to it. And you all are going to be a part of that creative solution. So let's figure this out. Before I just start, like, okay, Billy, you grab that, and Scott, but, I mean, that's how my mind goes. I just start, and I start barking orders. 
um, which nobody's actually grateful for. <laughs> Maybe after the moment, but but how do we how do we incorporate just that shift, that time? Um, so one one of the things I think let's actually practice this too because one one of the ideas too about gratitude, you know, talking about the five pieces or a cue, is um, we live in that instant culture that we want this response to be transformative right now. I'm a little grumpy, so I'm going to say my five gratitudes, and by the time I'm done, I better feel better. So I'm, I'm thankful for coffee. I'm thankful, you know. Well, nothing's actually changed because we expect this instant thing. And so I'm going to ask Steve to join us at the piano, and he's just going to play softly in the background. And we're going to allow some breath to reset. We're going to allow our minds to wander. And I just want you to think, what are you grateful for? that you would allow us to walk and be 
in a state of gratitude. Lord, let us feel just the benefit of graciousness, of gifts, of blessing. Lord, I pray that we would extend that to others, that we would actually say thank you to those who are part of those blessings in our life. And that we would incorporate the process of saying thank you to you as the giver of all good gifts. Lord, let us to sit, to receive, and express our gratitude to others and to you. We ask this in your name. Before we shift to singing our closing songs or response songs, one of the kind of last pieces I want to think about is oftentimes uh, gratitude is referred to as a, a state of mind. But it takes work to get there. And, and there's a lot of research that it did that actually roots it. They, they want to change it from just this idea that we shift the state of mind, that it, that it is a language issue. Right? We've talked in our series about how language matters. But, but even in mind, instead of being like, yes, let's be thankful for this, my language is to go, but it takes me somewhere else. If someone gives you something in the language of just pausing, like, hey, thank you for doing that. And then even the challenge of not, not doing that, but the intention behind it. So if someone brings you a gift, oh, thank you for that gift. But no, what was the intention behind it? They took time to think about you, to go and shop for you, to pick something like the intention to be grateful for, and not just the act of service or the gift in kind or the whatnot, but, but what's behind that? And when our language shifts just to, to physical matters, but to the human beings, and their intention in their heart, thank you for caring enough to think about me. Thank you for the time you put into this gift and this, this thing and this service beyond just the what. And as we let our language actually shift, as we interact with others, not only does it begin to transform us, but I believe it's an opportunity to transform those around us and our environments. So as we continue through Lent, leading up to Easter, I would encourage you figure out how to be playful with the spiritual practice of gratitude and praise in your weakness. Coming up, how do you incorporate it on Monday? How do you incorporate it on Tuesday? Where and to whom are you going to share this gratitude with? Let us take some time and actually sing some songs of gratitude for what we are thankful for. Mm -hmm. 